we're talking esports. We're talking the Twin Suns tournament. We're talking the biggest squadrons esports tournament ever. You set the bar for everyone else to try to meet it. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. On the podcast today, I've got Eckhart's Ladder, I've got Boomstick, and I've got um, Animal... I've got two Jordans here. Two Jordans. <laughs> TGS, Boomstick, you run a, a freelance company as well, and Eckhart's, you have the wonderful Eckhart's Ladder YouTube channel. And today... We're talking esports. So, just to get started, let's get into what inspired the tournament. I don't really know, to be honest. Star Wars Squadron is just such a cool game, and I felt like it wasn't getting the attention it deserved, to be honest. Um, having played, oh man, I don't even know how many hours I've gotten to this damn game right now. <laughs> uh, we're we're north of five hundred, I believe. Having played, you know, Ooh. that many hours and participated in tournaments and made a ton of content for the game i just want to do whatever i could to you know make sure that more people see it because i'm like a firm believer that it's one of those games that a lot of people who see it for the first time will kind of instantly get it mm-hmm. and want to play it or at least want to watch more of it so that was my intention there i mean it's such a gorgeous gorgeous game and such a great showing into the the feeling of actually being a part of the star wars universe like you feel like you are a pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Like more than any game, maybe I think it captures kind of the the Star Wars feeling. Mm-hmm. It's very unique too. I mean, there's not many arcade five e five MOBA flight games either. So exactly, uh, perfectly set up for esports and mm-hmm. just get hopping in. And once they added custom matches, it was like this is the perfect game to hop in with some buddies, talk crap to each other, and have fun playing some Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got such a a unique, uh, like you were saying, like the the five v five arcade MOBA like kind of <laughs> play style. It's like there's there's literally not another game out there like that, and so like that kind of feels like it should set it up perfectly to be like this big booming esport. And, and compared to you know other iterations in the Star Wars universe that may or may not have a you know competitive element to them, like you know the battlefields uh, and and various other ones, this one has the level of immersiveness, especially with the VR capacity, that I don't think you can even get in some of the other games. So I, I think that really leads itself to being you know a truly unique experience when it comes to gaming. And then when you add the Star Star Wars element to it, it's just you know, it's next level attractive. You know, it's something we all know and love. Uh, you know, I, you're hard pressed to find a gamer in this world that doesn't like Star Wars. I feel like so. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, I was making a video and I, I made this point that I th- something that's going to be a big factor in the success of Star Wars games are will they stand on their own outside of the Star Wars license? And I think Squadrons is one of those games where just the mechanics and the gameplay and the feel of the game you get that experience that this is a fantastic game, even if it wasn't Star Wars, but it's even better that it is Star Wars. Yeah, I've like I've talked to a lot of other streamers and stuff because I'm obviously, you know, I spent a lot of time in that scene and like a lot of people who I've talked to are just like, I can't I find it hard to go back to other flight games after playing mm-hmm. Squadrons. Squadrons does have issues. It's not perfect. Yeah. Um, especially some of the kind of underlying mechanical issues with drift and with shielding and power management and stuff. However, the overall kind of flight system and the mechanics I think are excellent. And like 
from that perspective and it's like the game's got a sense of speed but also control that's very rare uh it almost reminds me in a way too of like halo 3 it it, it, it hits that same spot as halo 3 for me where it's just like you're simultaneously pulling off these really crazy maneuvers but relying on uh you know positioning uh map control um communication with your team and it's just it, it it's like when you play five hours of squadrons like if you play through a full tournament you're exhausted because it's like you're being it's so much you need so much like mental stamina to get through it because it's just like every part of your mind is working and it's really engaging in that sense it is like <laughs> it it has ruined i i love the gameplay of battlefront in terms of its flight combat or i loved the gameplay of the flight combat in battlefront <laughs> until i played squadrons <laughs> mm-hmm. and i hopped in uh not too long ago i was like oh no yeah, it doesn't hold up. Starfighter Assault is just like so stupid casual feeling to to <laughs> squadrons. It is. Yeah. And then there's the other side of this equation that like with, with the map creation that they've done in the Star Wars universe as well, like you're transported to a completely, completely unique environment, whereas you don't get that same feeling with something like mm-hmm. Battlefront or, um, you know, another, you know, flight simulator of sorts. It's, you know, something familiar, whereas squadrons is entirely unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know a lot of people too that, you know, like you were saying, like the Star Wars license obviously brings a lot of fans. Um, but I know a bunch of people that were into the game that just don't care about Star Wars and they were just playing it because it's a good flight sim. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's also not of the level of something like, uh, I think it's Star Citizen is one of the, the big ones where it's like insane in terms of what the controls offer and what you can do. It's like... That's on a completely different level, and Squadrons is a lot more, um, a lot more approachable. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot more streamlined. It, it doesn't, yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. It adds like complexity through just like a skill ceiling, mm-hmm. which is very, very high in Squadrons, and is surprisingly like continuing to evolve um, and develop. I listened to um, an interview with Knight, and he was kind of talking about like just how things continue to develop, like how the meta is continually shifting and like this, people are still learning new things. You know, you've got like various uh, people on the big teams like Splinter or Cavern Angels who are like really breaking down the game mechanics and finding kind of new ways to, you know, just maybe get a little more juice out of your Y-Wing in this one situation. So that's kind of how the game adds complexity through like a high skill gap rather than having... Like I compare it to the old X-wing and X-wing Alliance is the last one of those games that I played most recently, right before Squadrons came out, and that game is more complex, but in a way that I don't feel like would add anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, in X-wing Alliance, you can zero your your lasers, which is fun, I guess, but like, does that really add anything? Or you know, there's there's just different targeting controls, and there's a, there's more fine movement in a game like that. But I think for the type of game Squadron is it ends up adding complexity just through skill yeah and like once you start getting too complex you're gonna start just driving players out because they're gonna get in they're gonna be like ah this is too many buttons for me to like keep track of and so they just quit yeah and i think that brings up a good point as well as like i think Eck, you're saying about the skill ceiling like you can play squadrons on a standard xbox controller or a full-on, you know, hotel setup with the pedals, the sticks, the <laughs> yeah. joystick, you know, you name it, right? So mm-hmm. it allows you to take it from, you know, a casual player standpoint all the way to, you know, a 
you know, high level, high engaged enthusiast in that space, which I think leads to, you know, and an, like you said, a huge range and skill gap, but a huge also range and accessibility. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, even if you look at the all the, I guess, quote unquote, pro players, like all the people playing at a high level, even amongst that group of people, there's a huge range of peripherals that people are using. Exactly. Absolutely. Wasn't there someone who was just only using keyboard? Yep. Yeah, I don't remember who it is, but yeah, he uses like just keyboard, which is insane to me. Hokak, hands on keyboard and keyboard. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. A, I think there's a couple players who do that, but I mean, you're right. We do see, like, I, I'd say between like, if I were to guess like the 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 rankings of like peripherals I, I i would guess controller is most common then flight stick of some setup whether it's flight stick keyboard flight stick flight stick flight stick throttle and then probably mouse and keyboard but it's like they're all so viable that it's kind of cool to have that sort of like competitive parity and then you know you can add in vr or pedals or like all the other peripherals like i've got a um oh, what is this thing even called uh the head tracker which I, I don't use but i know a lot of people do so it's like it's kind of crazy how much they've added and how how well it all works in a competitive scene and all for a game that's 40 dollars. <laughs> so like yeah. normally you'd expect i wish it weren't <laughs> true um like you'd expect that kind of implementation from a 60 dollar game uh, on that on that topic what are you guys' thoughts on the lack of support and the lack of like complete dedication to two squadrons as like a supported game. I mean, I think everybody can kind of agree that it straight up sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been pretty vocal about it. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Jordan. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I was just going to echo what boom said, like, you know, we're, we're all pretty bummed. Honestly, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're disappointed that it didn't get the love. I think we, we all thought it deserved. Um, you know, I, I, you've been extremely vocal on this. I'll let you take it. Yeah. I was just going to say like, I, I've kind of got a unique situation because like I was with squadrons from the beginning, pretty much like they told us before it was announced and like they kind of hinted at it for a long time. And then we got to play it early and test it early. And like the second I played it, like I knew just based on having flown it, that this was an amazing game. And I like, I am a, a game changer. I'm friends with like a lot of people that work at EA and motive. And I don't, first of all, motive did nothing wrong in this, in my opinion, but uh, I just think market research be damned. EA really missed the mark on it. Like, okay. I I understand it being a double a game or a less than $60 game. That's fine. Um, But I do think that first of all, the the game had a very poor launch. Um, I I think it maybe could have used a delay or something Mm -hmm. because there were a a lot of tech issues at launch. Yeah, like COVID, the game almost certainly got delayed that we don't know about. Um, There were a lot of tech issues at launch. Um, But there were other options for squadrons. This this is going to be sacrilegious to a lot of people, but if you look at like the Steam chart, like the Steam achievement list, you see that very few people actually go in multiplayer. Hmm. And I think that's honestly just because for a lot of people, after having played games like Battlefront 2 and whatever else, they weren't expecting the quality, robust multiplayer service we got. Like, I've just been thinking about this tournament that we recently ran, Twin Suns, and like how amazing a tournament ran by EA would have been at launch. Like, Boomstick ran... um, ran operation yes. Ace the invitational 
which was amazing and super fun at launch. But that was before the game even had custom match features. Um, that was like coming from not an official source. Like I just think about how EA could have either designed the game so that it was using cosmetics or something to have a longer life, which I know people hate. But if it came to, um, you know, getting more getting more support, I'd be happy to pay for cosmetics. Dude, or 100%. just. Yeah, and, and I'm 100% certain that's something they, they thought about, not from any insider knowledge, but I mean, obviously it was. Mm-hmm. But even besides that, like, there's been no competitive Star Wars game, really. Um, yeah. Like, e- esports are exploding right now. And, like, that's part of the reason why, like, Jordan and I are having our conversations about, like, the future of Star Wars tournaments and stuff. But, like, the fact that EA's had the license for this long and hasn't jumped in with a big esports title... And then this perfectly made, basically arena MOBA game <laughs> is designed and is super great. And they just don't even launch it with custom games. Like it, it, it baffles my mind. Like I imagine how exciting a, a $10,000 EA tournament mm-hmm. um, in, in week one or even pre-launch with creators or, or, or something like that. Like how much hype that could have drummed up instead of like paying. Cause, cause if you look at Twitch, the day squadrons released, they paid a bunch of streamers to stream the game. And they're not cheap. So I think about how that money could have been invested in a different way for a lot more return. And because they've they haven't thrown the competitive community a bone. I'm sorry. I know I'm rambling a bit, but they haven't thrown the competitive community a bone, uh, despite like the amazing things people are doing in this Mm -hmm. space. And I find that very frustrating. Yeah. And I can it sucks, too, because I can tell that there's people from like Motive and EA that want that to happen. Like they want to be able to support the game and the competitive community and stuff, but they just can't. And it just, yeah, it sucks. Many way squadrons was not, not from a development side, but from a EA perspective side was in the shadow of battlefront in terms of controversy, in terms of they had such a, a backlash with the whole cosmetics and loot box controversy with, um, with battlefront that, Motive was basically they were the they were the I'm sorry game in terms of EA's marketing of the game. Now people are begging them to add loot boxes. <laughs> like what what world are we in? Squadrons almost suffered a similar fate that like Titanfall 2 did as well, right? Like with like the lack of support, the launching against crazy other titles, you know, it didn't didn't receive, you know, the love it deserved initially. Which mm-hmm. is like, which is also a reason I could see a resurgence down the road, uh, mm-hmm. very realistically. But but again, when you you know when you have a community that's so driven to create and you know an esport and competitive uh, niche within the game, mm-hmm. and then to not even like you said throw them a bone or even you know give them the leeway to run an event or support to run an amazing yeah. event and just have it all community driven it's kind of a slap in the face to the own community to be honest it's yeah it's a, little, it's a little ridiculous when it comes down to my thought process and i agree with you Eck. like you know spending you know 10k 20k 50k on creators playing the game at launch as opposed to putting that towards you know engaging the community that's actually going to keep this game alive yeah i mean that that yeah. seems like a bad investment in my part i agree with you you can make so many fans organically and you can still i mean they, they got shroud playing the game you're you're not going to get shrouds numbers running a squadron's tournament most likely in the first day but ea streams anything with hype beforehand and it's getting you know ten thousand plus viewers more than that mm-hmm. you could have made a lot of 
genuine squadrons fans through an ea tournament rather than and again nothing against shroud at all i i don't know his thing about him but i'm i'm guessing he, he based on the fact that he didn't stick with the game he was playing it for a paycheck yeah like and, and i've got like i'm a streamer myself i've done sponsored streams like i get it. It, it it's completely cool i'm happy to exist and that should be a part of your launch strategy perhaps but like it's basically just token support at that point if you're not actually going to follow through mm-hmm. support streamers support like because it's it's 2021 like i look at like what rocket league is doing or like what halo is doing like like halo's been fighting tooth and nail to get their esports scene going to various degrees they pump money into that thing obviously ea is not going to do that with a double a game to the same extent but like do something give us like a like you know help publicize my event or another yeah. event or like cal cup has a, has a long history that they've been putting on events monthly they've all been great there's no chance of like you know objectionable content like signal boost that mm-hmm. you know so a question for the two jordans do you guys have numbers on the amount of viewership and and uh, community rallied around esports titles uh I'm not really following like that. That can vary wildly depending on on like the title. But like just as a, as a whole, uh, would you say esports is as large as or close to the size of let's say football? I mean, if you look at the top end of the esports world currently, in 2019, the League of Legends World Finals was the exact same viewership of the Super Bowl of that year. <laughs> so when you look at the objective pop. They're almost mirrored at this point, and and esports is still growing, mm-hmm. and it's, traditional sports is trying to figure their way through, right? So when you look at the growth pattern, I, I see esports dwarfing traditional sports in the next decade or so, and I think a lot of parties would agree with me on that. When it comes down yeah. to these these unique niche communities, I I agree with Boom. It it varies too wildly to actually stick in a direct number on it. You know, squadrons on a good week, like after a Twin Suns tournament when we had, you know, phenomenal viewership and, you know, great showmanship and a well-run tournament throughout, the the squadrons numbers jumped, right? Everyone's kind of like, oh, I back want to be in this community. You know, when there was a lot of animosity built in and, uh, you know, stuff was going on behind the scenes, uh, people shied away from that community. So... From a niche community perspective, I think there's too much variety to really nail it down. From an esports at, as a whole picture perspective, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Um, I mean, yeah, right, right now, esports as as a whole, just as a concept, is definitely approaching um, and already surpassing some traditional support, uh, traditional sports, and so just esports is there. Um, it's just a matter of new titles being difficult, I think, to, I guess, cater to that whole entire audience. Um, cause I mean, if you look at a lot of the esports that are still, that are like games in there is super difficult unless, you know, you're Riot and you've already got this, this pedigree of League of Legends, um, and stuff like that. And so small games are, are generally like jordan was saying gonna be difficult to you know uh like get a slice of that pie uh like get a slice of that pie like even for example though like to add to that like um you know when we're talking about smaller developers like not the right like fall guys just added custom lobby support that Mm -hmm. now has esports capacity right 
we can we can create a tournament and an organization around that now and create an environment and a community that can be supported. So, you know, I, I, I think a lot of a lot of developers now need to realize their games, if they if they want them to be an esport, they need to be launched esport ready as opposed to having the support after the fact. I think when it comes to squadrons too, like I don't mean squadrons the sequel, I mean squadrons <laughs> as well. Like it comes down Partially to expectations, like a squadron's going to be the next League of Legends or Counter Strike or you know any other AAA esport. Like probably not, but what it could have been and what it should have been was like popular. Like it, it could have been an esport that was popular enough to support a like some full time streamers, mm-hmm. um, support um, some bigger pro teams and more for pro teams. Although I really love the pro teams we do have. And most importantly, to support kind of the continual interest in the game. Um, like, I, I kind of have a an interesting take, like, an interesting perspective on this as somebody who runs a YouTube channel. Because for a while, my, my YouTube channel, X2, um, that's my second channel that I, I kind of run with somebody else. We were solving off squadrons alone. Um, mm, that's fascinating. But it's just, for like, we, we had our best ever month in... Uh, probably probably December or maybe October. Just like when Squadrons hype was at was at its mm-hmm. highest, you know, like it was doing enough to support me and somebody else full time. Now I do have another YouTube channel, but like had I needed to, I, like it would have been more than enough. Uh, like I remember our first ever Squadron stream. We we had four thousand viewers uh, for <laughs> Operation uh, Ace, I believe. Most of like there were uh, Jordan, you might know, but there were a few of us pulling a thousand plus viewers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah easily like easily yeah. and the the problem is it's just like i i understand what they were going for with a the whole thing is okay we want to release a game like x-wing and tie fighter back in the day which is okay but i mean squadrons didn't release with as much content and kind of the idea that there wasn't going to be any ongoing content i think really hurt kind of interest at the beginning because it's like okay we've played these six maps because there were six at launch, there are seven now. It's like, mm-hmm. have I done it all? You know, I, I've said this many times in the past. Uh, you, it's great to have the the heart behind. We're going to release a game like it was in the '90s, but for games coming out in 2020, that is not feasible from a development investment time frame unless you like completely pack it with content like you're saying uh, those games were designed specifically for we can't patch this game at all and we need to make sure that it has enough content and that content is as solid as it, as it needs to be to support itself for three years because a lot of the target audience especially in the 90s were kids playing Star Wars games they can only play one game, so why should they choose to play your game? Yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% right. Like, if you look at X-Wing Alliance, which I've kind of held up because it's sort of the last of the old X-Wing guard, there are, like, 30 flyable ships in that game. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's also, like, the fact that if you want to make two different ships back then, you change some stats. You don't need it. Like, if you look at the quality of art that you have, for example, at the interior of an A-Wing, like, you can't build 30 ships with modern, you mm-hmm. know, art standards and meet even the double A standard with a forty dollar price tag. You no. just can't anymore. Um, so like I, I like the idea, but it's just it, it's just a little bit heartbreaking because this is a game that we've been waiting for for so long, and they nailed everything that matters. But 
not it's like, like you were inches away from the finish line and then all of a sudden you didn't tie your shoes at the beginning so you just boom slam right before you finish like um boom and i were having a conversation when when uh, squadrons was announced and we we're like this better have custom matches and it better be able to do this and as soon as it was announced like i i believe we messaged each other like oh no come on well yeah i was at that point i was you know obviously planning the first operation ace and then like before launch the news came out that they weren't gonna have private matches at launch and that took the wind out of my sails real hard i almost didn't do the first operation ace because i was like well what am i supposed to do now um so there was a couple of weeks where I just kind of like stopped working on it. I wasn't going to do it until I was just like, no, somebody, somebody needs to do this. Like somebody's got to do some kind of event to get like some attention for this yeah. game. And so I came up with a different format and obviously went through with that. But like that was that sucked. It was a huge success still, like even with those caveats, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. The first Operation Ace was great. I like. I don't really remember what the viewerships were was like on your end. Um, so maybe you can talk about that. But I know, like, from a community point of view, people were people were hyped. Like, it was really cool. Um, and like, even in that sort of very limited space, we actually had a few games. Like, I'm sure you remember where like teams would match up against each other. Yes. Um, and that was crazy. Like that that showed I think everybody the potential of the game. And like, just. Not launching with that, like like you said, it's just like what are you thinking? Especially where it was obviously at a stage. Like let's be honest, EA did EA Motive did not whip together the B wing custom matches and the tie defender in a couple of months. Like that is obviously something that was meant for launch and didn't make it. Um, they should have waited till January, or yeah, yeah, started off strong. Um, but moving on to. Uh, we, we, we've gone through the past uh, and the scope of squadrons. Let's talk about the Twin Suns tournament and what what went down there and how epic of a... Even even towards... We, we've got squadrons as a community uh, wavering off. We've got um, the community trying to decide where it wants to go in the future in terms of a competitive sport. And then we have Twin Suns with a gigantic prize pool Um you guys putting on an incredible show. What what's going on with with Twin Sons and what did you guys think of the the showing there? Um, like I mean the 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 tournament itself was phenomenal, and I will say I I've been quite negative this today, and that doesn't reflect how I feel about the community, which is amazing. No. And I will say, EA at least did leave the game in a very good position, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like we saw this tournament that. Um, the kind of the broken empire absolutely dominating at I think last Cal Cup or the Cal Cup before that where it was like basically every Imperial game went to the empire or every yeah. game went to the empire at top level play like we're not there right now we're at, we're at a pretty interesting spot balance wise so that's good we got some new Republic wins yeah we, we <laughs> did yeah. yes I, I think yeah so that's good um, but yeah the production was great um from a viewership perspective, it was kind of mixed. Um, I mean, it was obviously great numbers, but it was also a, a, a tournament that that I put a lot of money into and that we put a lot of time into. Um, so it, it's kind of it's kind of hard. I, I'm I'm happy overall. Uh, we did have some tech issues day one that not really anyone's fault at all, and we recovered from beautifully. Um, but like I, I do, kind of wonder 
like not more so how a tournament two months ago could have done or how a tournament mm. in you know february could have done um either way though like i'm so happy we put the event together because we had we had an amazing cavern angel story we had an amazing Dude. finals um the production team absolutely knocked it out of the park and and blew me away and that's credit to the other two guys sitting here um so yeah overall an amazing experience i'm very happy we did it mm-hmm. i had an absolute blast casting like it was such a fun time and <laughs> i was lot. so hyped <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i'll hop in here on this one um so I've had the opportunity to work on, I think, every big squadron's property or tournament property at this point. I've had the opportunity to work on Cal Cup. I've had the opportunity to work on uh, Op Ace 2 and now Twin Suns. And can definitely say this Twin Suns one was by far the most, you know, storied, epic event that we've had in the squadron's world by far. Um, like you said, the storyline with Cavern Angels coming through from the bottom of the bracket, yep. facing off against the, you know, the... The, the, the mega, yeah, mega heavyweights <laughs> and Splinter Squadron. Um, you know, and uh, I've, you know, I just, and having been uh, part of this community in a variety of different seats, you know, I've worked on, uh, you know, worked directly on the production side, but I've also been, uh, I kind of pioneered a lot of the observing for this event as well. Um, just kind of being along for the ride in, you know, a weird way, in a weird sense, is mm. it's just been really <laughs> cool to, to experience in that front. Um, so it's, it's really enjoyable in that sense. Uh, but the, like I said, the, the production, you know, the, the team that, that really put this on from the back end, you know, I'll, I'll try to get a few names out here, you know, area, Witch with the cinematic shots, I yeah. mean, we yeah. have to talk about that. We, we can't not, um, you know, area, which, you know, is part of the community, a huge, uh, huge proponent believer of the squadrons community, but it's really come on board and just elevated the experience that this mm-hmm. game can give. And I think it really showed when we were able to transition from this being a community-viewed event to a Star Wars fan event, right? Yeah, like you could you could be a Star Wars fan and watch that and go, holy cow, I feel like I'm watching, you know, episodes, whatever, where they take mm-hmm. down, you know, whatever, right? It, it was that same energy and that same feeling. And I think that's what really was helpful in bridging the gap from being a squadrons or like a, a fighter simulator uh, fan to a fan of just the eSport. And I think that's a tough transition to make uh, a lot of the times. And, you know, Eck obviously yeah. does a huge job in trying to get that transition to the general Star Wars public. Um, so much appreciated from, you know, some of this part of the community. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it was a really cool opportunity to see that we can create these beautiful storylines in an event like this, um, which I don't think you get quite the opportunity to see in any given tournament. So was super thankful for twin sons for that yeah definitely i think uh, i gotta you know echo the sentiments that we had an incredible team um and i think we put on an awesome show um you know been doing this for years and honestly like no no joke that was one of the uh, day two cleanest productions i've ever worked Mm -hmm. on um it was it was awesome yeah day two is like one of those things where like is definitely like probably will be a highlight of my YouTube channel where like if I ever need to find another job and, and whatever, like that's something that I yeah. will show people is something that I was a part of and be genuinely proud of. Um, it, it was just an amazing experience and like that alone, I mean, it totally worth it, but I mean, it, it's it'd be cool to see what our team, if we do stuff in the future, whether squadrons or not, like what we'll put together after that, because 
Well, I mean, we assembled one hell of a team. I gotta mm-hmm. say, like from every bit of it, like not to toot our own horn, but pretty much every aspect of this tournament was was run super well. From the actual tournament ops side, where we had very very few issues. Um, from the you know the arts, the art side, we had a live replay system for day two. Um, yes. And like, and obviously, you guys hosting, it's like again something that I'm very very proud of and. Like I can show this to my dad. He doesn't understand esports, but he'll be like, "Okay, like I get why this is cool. I can show him that uh, yeah. anime hero shot of Knight taking down the Star Destroyer with Cavern <laughs> Angels, and like pretty much anybody gets that. And it's so great, not only because of Squadrons being such a cool game, but because you know my, the production team nailed it. <laughs> I, I love I love what you guys are saying too with the opening up the Squadrons community to just general star wars fans mm. i was hopping in the chat a bunch during the tournament yeah. and i i loved seeing I, I loved seeing all of the chat saying oh i've never seen squadrons before this is fun yeah yeah that was great to see and you know it's i i noticed too that it was kind of going the other way um like in the sense that yeah you know people are watching this that play squadrons and they're like oh man esports is awesome like and they want to get involved in that because i know i know like we were talking about area witch like she's wanting to like get into observing other esports and stuff now and that's that's super cool to me also yeah and and even you know to name like a few more names like uh, jay from the tgs team has just absolutely crushed it with replays on our side for not only squadrons Mm -hmm. but a variety of other games valorant you name it Mm -hmm. so just having someone with those expertise on that side uh freya with the back-end graphical work as well just putting together all the assets and making things look pretty as well you boom as well obviously um, you know, and, and Sean Caldera, one of the other observers, uh, Connor on our team doing the technical direction for uh, for day two. Like it really, it really was truly a, just a team effort. And it was awesome just to see all the gears turning in the right directions and all together, which is uh, is a rare reality, especially in remote broadcasts. <laughs> um, obviously, we're, you know, living in the COVID era. We've all had to figure this out, how to do this remotely. Um, and, you know, Boom knows, Uplink, you know, Eck, you know, it's it's not easy. Uh, you know, and I think day one was the proof of that, uh, that these things are not easy and curveballs come your way all the time. But having a team of experts and a team of passionate people that want to put on a beautiful show uh, really came to fruition on day two. And I'm I'm just ridiculously proud. Like you said, I sent this to my mom. I was like, this is this is our work. We did a good job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we've got time for one one more thing, and I, I I love all the discussion on like I could geek out about behind the scenes stuff all day, hours upon hours. I love hearing all of this. I, I love taking part of it. But before we finish, I want to talk about the finals, man. <laughs> let's just let's get into talking about those incredible. So we had we had Cavern Angels who like yeah they've been up there before, but we didn't see them as being like uh, like top tier game uh, uh, team, and they completely knocked it out of the park. Any any idea of how the tournament was going to go <laughs> was completely knocked out of the window. <laughs> yeah, when they knocked out randos out of the money, that's when. Uh... That's yeah. when we all went. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're Wait consistently they're consistently like top eight, top four. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting to the grand finals by fighting your way through randos and cheese, and then almost taking it to Splinter. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. Splinter to five. Like it's not just like 
taking on Splinter, like taking on Splinter to five and then having uh-huh. it come down to the last three seconds in the <laughs> coin flip of that final yeah. game. That was the moment I knew it was over, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it was also took till on that moment for us to be mm-hmm. like, okay, this is going to go one way or the other. Um, I mean, I think we got to start at that game three moment. Like, I, I think that's like, if we're going to talk about the finals, that's where things kind of really just took off in the sense. Yeah. Uh, that final game three moment with the, with Cavern Angels fighting for an out of phase on the, on the uh, Star Destroyer <laughs> while Splinter is absolutely massacring the MC, MC in the background <laughs> yeah. was so unbelievable. Um, I, and the call made by Hammer on the coming down to literally 2%. I mean, I've been part of every top-end squadrons event so far, as far as production goes and, and mm-hmm. back-end and watching it. That is still the closest match, I think, period, bar none, ever happened, as far as I've seen. I don't know if you guys seen anything closer. Same here. Maybe yeah. a, a Splinter's takedown of Randos in the Cal Cup when, when there when was Rebels was pretty close, but this was, I, I think probably i mean you couldn't have written it better like uh-huh. <laughs> and you gotta give so much credit to splinter too because you watch that and you assume like with how close it got that splinter had the flagship down to 50 percent no shield but mm-hmm. like they just they just destroyed it that quickly splinter got splinter you know they added to the drama there because the flag by the time they got the or by the time cavern angels took the flagship down from 21 to 7 splinter had 100 to 2 percented it huge props to jordan because oh yeah. we were we were about to cut off of that because we're like all right you know splinter's <laughs> about to take down the flagship and he's like no stay here and so, <laughs> so we stayed there and we just watched it happen oh it was oh, so someone good. should record the production uh, chat. honestly i wanted to record the production comms it was literal <laughs> mayhem and chaos in that voice channel during that game three i'm screaming at our technical director to say stay on my camera stay on my camera <laughs> while like all the other uh, the empire observer sean and area are like i got a sick shot of the mc i'm like no they here, they got this out of phase. I know it. I can feel it in the force, I swear. Uh, that's exactly what happened. It's and it's funny too because it I was like I was popping into production like in and out of the game, but like when that game started and when it was going the way it was, I was like, I'm I'm gonna make sure I don't go into production, I don't check out Scalp Stream because like I wanna see this like live. It Dude, was so exciting. Same. Um, um, I had jumped onto your uh, your stream to watch it, Eck. Um, I had I had the other one on the background uh, muted, so I, we can keep the views going there, yeah, you yeah, know. Sure. Um, but I was watching your stream, and I was like, I'm going to turn on Do Not Disturb for Discord. <laughs> I'm going to make sure nothing is spoiling this, and just com- like just sit here and enjoy it with everyone else. I I would like I kid you not I I had drunk a bunch of water during the the, the casting, and like I had to go pee so bad. <laughs> I was stick. I was sticking there. I couldn't stand. I couldn't sit down. I was standing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" And like a lot of it's really down to like one thing we haven't talked about is the the like extreme quality of like especially like the top eight teams or so, mm-hmm. but it's especially like those top four teams. Like the amount of effort and practice that they that they put in. Like like you know, it, behind the scenes, like if you go into a Splinter stream or a Cavern Angels stream, they're like sitting on maps dumb firing uh goliaths to make sure they have the pattern for every ai pack down and you know that like they know that their opponents are good at certain maps and 
that they usually run certain loadouts. They've got all these game plans. It's just really incredible, like how dedicated these top teams are, especially like given the size of the, the, the competitive community, like the fact that there is such a, you know, interesting chase for who will be the best, which right now does seem to be splinter um, is really cool. I mean, they're fighting hard, but I, I mean, you look at, uh, there's a couple posts on Reddit and I think uh, Splinter Squadron, you know, Fencar obviously is the name that comes to mind when it comes to yeah, the yeah. level of depth that you can be involved in this game in. Um, yeah, but yeah. like Nop and the entire Splinter Squadron put out their strategy for why they made the decisions mm -hmm. they did, both on map selection, on, you know, the crazy mm -hmm. NR call on the finals that we we're all trying yeah. to figure out what the play was there. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the fact that they're willing to share that strategy and, and help grow the community because mm -hmm. again when you pass this information down it's going to create you know better competition you know better uh better parity between the teams and you know between yeah. the top four and top eight and and so on and so on so i do you know mad props to scalp and his team for sharing some of that knowledge and you know sharing the bread there so big thanks to them obviously but the level of depth just blows me away that they get involved in this game it's yeah. wild yeah, <laughs> yeah we we were having a watch party like the next day or something um just a bunch of people in the splinter discord and just hearing the conversations that they were having like fincar is just spouting out like exact damage numbers for every auxiliary in the game <laughs> oh i was like god. oh my god how do you know all of this stuff off the top of your head <laughs> it was Watching blowing splinter my mind play is so funny too because sometimes they'll just be talking you'll hear one of them say clear comms basically it's just like shut the hell up <laughs> like you guys are talking about uh -huh. bs we got to get our, our mind on the game and that always makes me laugh <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the storyline we said it like you can't script it even better than what happened but like the the feeling of being torn between rooting for splinter squadron who are incredible yeah incredible figureheads of the community like some of the best people in the community period super supportive and then you also have cavern angels who are like coming up from the underdog and you're like mm -hmm. oh but i want to root for them too yeah that was tough i I've, i'm a pretty good friend with scalp as well like on a personal level so it's really hard to root against the guy he's like I've said it before, but he's like the perfect face for squadrons. He's like mm -hmm. literally he's I mean, he's like a like a, a rookie in like the NHL or something. He's like just this and I've told him this before, so it sounds like I'm making fun of him, but I'm not. But he's like this baby faced twenty year old who's just like uh <laughs> like a savant at the game. And <laughs> it's like Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's hard not to like him and he's got such like a positive stream and stuff, so Mm -hmm. It's hard to cheer against those guys, but I mean, but Scout came in cheering for Cavern Angels. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I read a message somewhere on the Discord. Like, even Scalp wanted CA to win, to an extent, <laughs> like, which is the storyline that was going on. But you know, mad props to Scalp, like you said, he's a perfect, oh, yeah. perfect figurehead for the community, and mm -hmm. the way he came on uh, for the interview at the end there, yeah. and really just you know. It, I mean, put, the first thing the he said game. was like props to yeah, Cavern Angels. Exactly, the very first yeah. thing he led led with, um, you know, classy guy, classy act, and you know, mad props to him, and you know, always welcome on a stream if if he's going to be that classy. So, mad thanks there, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like again, it's, it's we've my squadron, which is like definitely not top top sixteen. I mean, 
we've we've come close a few times, but not that close. But uh, anytime he's like, you guys want to, if you guys want to go against us, if you guys want to play a few games against us, anytime. And that's not just to us because we're friends with Scalp. But like, if you talk to Scalp, like he'll play against you. He'll explain. Mm-hmm. He'll beat you, but he'll then explain to you like, yeah, why he'll and beat how you to a pulp he beat and you. then like, come come over here. I'll tell you what you did wrong. But, but nicely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing that is kind of cool, though, um, and that we've seen at every tournament, there's usually one or two secret strategies that one or multiple teams will have. This tournament, I think it was like increased focus on PKing. Um, but it's like we also saw torpedoes come back in a really big way for this tournament, which I thought was cool um, because people hadn't haven't been chaffing them lately, I guess. So there's always like a few things that kind of at least I'm not expecting to see. And yeah. Out of phase and player kills were the names of the tournament. That double out of phase frigate to cut the offense was brutal. (laughs) Dude, Squadrons Esports, it's such a blast. And thank you guys all for copping on this podcast. As soon as that, as soon as that uh, episode in, uh, as soon as the tournament ended, I I reached (laughs) out to these guys and I was like, we (laughs) need to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. Like what I what I do need to say before we uh, before we close this out is the highlight of the tournament absolutely had to be you as a force ghost <laughs> in the fight ramen bus because oh my god that was the most hilarious content I think I've ever that had to put out on a stream. Big that thanks to R one as well for helping out on that yes. and, and being the pilot yeah. of the cockpit. But uh, yeah, just I want to say thank you directly for your force ghost appreciation and your ability to. <laughs> Throw that Definitely. together. That was awesome. Uh, m- one of my highlights was the uh, when when the the spectators died, and I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> oh yeah, that was hilarious. I brought out my little uh, <laughs> X-wing toy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was what like the I think that was the semis. Maybe was that Cavern Cheese? Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Being the one that was sitting in production, it was the craziest thing because I watched all four computers just literally duck out of the server and kick back to menu, and I was like, "Oh, that's solid." And initially, <laughs> I was like, "I was like, boom, that's a lobby drop." So boom, went Thank to God, League Ops, but yeah. then lobby was still up. We were able to get back in quickly. Um, you know, it was minimal downtime. But honestly, your X-wing flying on camera was really impeccable uplink. I think you know, <laughs> really uh, consider doing that full time. <laughs> I, I I have um I can't play squadrons worth a darn but I can I can fly around a fake toy ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much. This has been an absolute blast. Links to all of these guys stuff it will be in the description. Go check them out. And stay tuned for future tournaments. Hopefully yeah. we'll see something in the works soon. And either way, keep an eye on the Twin Suns brand because I think we've got some other ideas. Squadrons are not like You'll, this isn't the last you've seen of us. The, our team's just yes. too good. <laughs> exactly. It's too much fun. I mean, yeah. true that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Uplink Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or on Instagram at Uplink Podcast. If you like the show and we hope you do, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. It helps us out a ton. It gets your feedback and it helps us attract new listeners. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on our Patreon, patreon.com slash uplinkpodcast. Be very appreciative of that. You can get exclusive content like Uplink Plus, our exclusive Patreon podcast, as well as some bonus insider deals on Uplink Podcast merchandise, as well as a mention in 
the outro, this right here. We'd like to thank Daniel, who uh, supports us at the $10 a month level and helps bring the show to you lovely people. Thank you so much, Daniel. And if you'd like a shout out at the end of the episode, please consider supporting on Patreon. Helps us out a ton, helps us to expand the show and bring you weekly content. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Yes, I know. We're uplink podcasts now, but can't change the URL for YouTube. So please consider checking out the content that we're producing over there. We have weekly streams every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST, as well as bonus content and expansion of the show. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Wherever you find podcasts, you can find this show. Links to all of the guests' information will be in the description of this episode, so definitely go check them out as well. As always, thanks for listening. Goodness gracious.